The Devil's Advocates Radio Show is broadcast under a time brokerage agreement between Devil Radio and Civic Media Inc. Some portions of this program may be pre-recorded. Warning, you're about to listen to the greatest radio show ever. And due to contractual obligations and to shield our airwaves and corporate licensees from any semblance of liability, responsibility, and gullibility, we must tell you the views represented on this show are not necessarily those of this station or its management. This radio show contains differing points of view on current political topics, and due to the nature of its contents, it should be heard by everyone. Thank you for listening. Now live from the Civic Media Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, where the political party is just beginning, welcome to the Devil's Advocates Radio Show. Friends proving it's never personal, only politics. Please allow me to introduce myself. And now, here's your hosts, Dom and Crute. Welcome to the Devil's Advocates Radio Show. Dom here with me, glorious Madison, Wisconsin. WMDX 92.7 FM Studios. Happy Hump Day, Dom. Hey, happy Hump Day, Crudy. Great to be in Madison again. Good to see you, Nate. And welcome to our fair audience. Dom, here's where I want to start today. The pettiness of the GOP. How (laughs) can they be so freaking petty? You recall when our governor, Tony Evers, Democratic governor here in the state of Wisconsin, when he first crushed the wanker back in 2018, they elected... We elected, we the people, great state of Wisconsin, we, all the Badgers, at least enough of us, (laughs) the majority of us, chose Tony Evers over Scott Walker. A great decision. And what did the Republicans do immediately? Immediately tried to take power away from the incoming governor. The lame duck, right? Yep. Not only the governor, they also took power away from the attorney general, great Mm. state of Wisconsin, Josh Call, let's not forget, a dim got elected to the attorney general seat as well. So, Tony Evers, through the power of the veto, has a tremendous power here in the great state of Wisconsin. So, I got that going for me, which is nice. Yeah, that is nice. But Republicans, in all their pettiness, Dom, they don't like the fact that Tony's been using that veto pen, that Frankenstein veto pen. Very successfully. To... Change a few of their wants. <laughs> yeah. A few of their budgetary items, Dom. A few few million more towards education, I believe, one of the budgets. Well, that and the 400-year extend- <laughs> yeah. extending, that apparently bothered, rubbed a few in the Republican chamber a little bit wrong, Dom. So as I see things, the gerrymander, perhaps soon to be undone by the Wisconsin Supreme Court. We can Court. only hope. New maps on the... New map's supposed to be here by March 15th. Well, Governor Evers did veto the Republicans' revised Evers maps. Well, they threw that crap on his desk and he vetoed it, right? Oh, it was Robin Voss said, the Assembly Speaker. Oh, it was minuscule, very, very slight changes. But it was not Tony Evers' map. But what did they propose today, these very same Republicans? But they're minuscule changes. <laughs> yes. Jesse Apoyan over at the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel reporting. Republicans propose constitutional amendment to further curtail the governor's veto powers. So in other words, they want to hamstring this guy. He bothers you. I'll take care of him. What you got to do to smells is you cut the hamstring on the back of his leg right at the bottom. He'll never play golf again. One veto too far. <laughs> he vetoed the 14-week abortion ban. He yes. vetoed this ridiculous map. Ridiculous only in the timing. 
you know, had you accepted Tony Evers' map and not the first place, to the U.S. Supreme Court, we wouldn't even be time. having this conversation. Sure, we'd have decided maps. <laughs> right. But to bring it up now and expect the governor to just take your minuscule changes to his former map, because it ain't his current map, well, of course, Tony vetoed. So these very same Republicans, they came out today, and they're going to stick it to the man. They're going to hamstring his ass down. He will slice everything into the woods. <laughs> Tony will quit this sport. That's their... <laughs> That's their hope. Uh, Wisconsin Republicans today revived, revived, Dom, an effort to hamstring, I mean, to restrict the governor's veto powers. This time after Democratic Governor Tony Evers used his partial veto authority in July to increase funding for public schools for the next four centuries. (laughs) Now, that did seem like an excessive timeline, but, you know, when the governor can put one over on Republicans for a change... I got to at least applaud the oh, effort, Tony. Yeah, absolutely. At least it's, you know, it's funding for schools. It's not 400, uh, four centuries of tax cuts. So what I would perceive these lame duck Republicans, because all of them are going to be on the ballot next year, right, Dom? Mm-hmm. A proposed constitutional amendment would bar governors from using a partial veto to increase any tax or fee. Now, why didn't they have any of these wants or desires to rein in the veto under the wanker. <laughs> yeah, that's a great question, When Michael. Scott Walker was wrecking governance, you know, I set that aside for now. Uh, a similar amendment, Dom, was proposed in 2019 after Evers used his veto authority to steer an additional $65 million to Wisconsin schools. How dare he send an additional $65 million to the kids in the schools, Dom? Uh, here is what it says. We... Narrowly crafted this from the proposal's authors. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We narrowly crafted this narrowly. legislation narrowly to address the specific situations that we believe the members of the public would find the most egregious, the ability for a single person to create or raise taxes and fees on our citizens with a single stroke of a pen. Well, that person is the duly elected governor and that power through the Frankenstein veto has always been there, but always objectionable when the other team's got that pen, <laughs> right, right Dom? And it's your boy, Senator Dan Canodal, Republican from Germantown, along with reps Amanda New, uh, Ned, Ned Wesky, Republican from Present Plary. Amanda, if you gain more notoriety for anything other than being gerrymandered in a district, I'll learn how to say your name. Joel Kitchens, Republican Sturgeon Bay. And your buddy, Shea Sortwell. Sortwell? That guy? Two rivers. That was the one whose who's, who, contribution to his, his, his constituency was singing at the Capitol. And Joel Kitchens, wasn't he the guy who said, I've, I've done thousands of ultrasounds on farm animals. So He's a I veterinarian. Know, I know more about you know uh, this than women do. I saw some that would imply that Joel Kitchens could only have those opinions about women due to the gerrymandering <laughs> of Wisconsin legislative districts. And again- the fact that these maps will change, I think, will cause a lame duck scenario So, for so many of these people, Dom. So, once again, they're taking after Tony Evers, much like they did after, what, Wanker lost. They're looking to hamstring the man. They're looking to change how Wisconsin is governed, but only when the other team's in charge. You know, do they ever... Do they ever tire of being hypocrites? Do they? No, of course not. You know, you have to have shame to appreciate the hypocrisy, and they have none of that. A little bit more from the 
body, I'm sorry, from the end of this piece, Jesse Poyan, at the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, quote, if adopted, this amendment would appropriately rebalance power between the executive and the legislature and further restrict the executive from completely rewriting laws that are not representative of the people. Constitutional amendments in Wisconsin must be passed by the legislature in two consecutive legislative sessions and then by voters in a statewide referendum. Here's- no, I don't I don't ever remember Republicans when they're in charge, when they have the executive power of doing anything to restrict their own power. No, they never do that. Hell to the no. <laughs> no. Well, that's the way the politics game is played now, but they won't be around for a second session. <laughs> That's my prediction. The gerrymander soon to be over. The dark days in Wisconsin history, you know, perhaps replaced with more fair and equal, balanced representation. That's all we're looking for, man, is a fair shot, a fair fight. Better candidates, better ideas. <laughs> no, not at all. Have you met Shay Sortwell? In fact, I have. <laughs> uh, all except for this lady, I can't pronounce her name. I've met most of them. Uh, Eight four four nine six seven two seven. Nadusky, like like Nedweski, Nedweski. You're asking the wrong guy. Do I look like mispronouncer over we'll, here? We'll call her Amanda. 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 There's Amanda's, a song about Amanda, isn't there? A Boston song, all about restricting the powers of the executive branch when it's the Democrats in charge. I can see why they do it because they're big ass hypocrites, man. There's no consistency in the way they govern, and no. of course. This is pettiness because Tony Evers just, what, vetoed their MAPS proposition. So, well, and, but you think about We're going to restrict his veto of power. Course, but what they have to, they have to make come up with these things because they have to run on something. I mean, what, what, what if they're what restricting if, the power of the current Democratic governor? That's yes, a yes. policy oh, platform. Yeah, absolutely. Because then, then he's, he's raising taxes all by himself, right? Oh, we have a, we have an abortion plan. It's a 14 week abortion plan. Deborah Evers, he vetoed it. You know, all these, these, these things. Cause what have abortion they up done? to third grade, right? That's what Republicans <laughs> right. would accuse these Democrats <laughs> yes. of. You know, when I was misbehaving, my uncle used to tell me it's never too late for an abortion. You know. And he meant it. <laughs> he sure did. Uh, but what 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 are, the, what are the legislative victories that the Republicans can run on? Do you think? And I mean, you know, new maps. And if everyone's going to run, what what can they possibly possibly run on? Well, we haven't yet heard from the governor on the newest legislative proposal: these quote unquote middle class tax cuts. And I would say that these Republicans, and again, they've they've tried to use Tony's words against him. They're trying to hem him in, and. I think they make a point in this case. Tony has defined what he would perceive to be a middle-class tax cut. They've used his words to help define the legislative proposal. We can all agree that, you know, the state government shouldn't be sitting on $7 billion annual surpluses. So if some of this money should go back as tax relief, my only question is, will Tony take the tax cut if it's a GOP tax cut? Like, is he that oppositional to them being able to put their names on him? Because I don't, then I don't think so. that would smack of politics. I don't think he's op- oppositional to it. I mean, he's already done tax. He's tax. already signed a couple yeah. of Republican yeah. budgets, and, and, right? And, and we know how it works. They, oh, we got it. We got your task, cousin. Tony will take credit to everyone will take credit. Hell, if 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 they if the legislature passes something and Tony signs it, I mean that is by its very definition. Tony's tax cuts. <laughs> well, it's bipartisan. They both agreed, or all parties agreed to it. And that's okay. That's called governance. Well, we get that far here in the state of Wisconsin because that is still in question. Tony has not decided, has not 
publicly made an announcement, but the legislation is passed, my understanding, Tom, so it should be making its way to his desk in the East Chambers. Will Tony sign a Republican proposed tax cut? And should he? Well, yeah, hell yeah. If he agrees to it, yes. You always want a tax cut. <laughs> you are, who, who doesn't want a tax You've got some conservative cut. instincts. <laughs> yeah, come on. Give me some more money. Money. Give me everybody, back my money. Everybody needs money, Curdy. That's why they call it money. Yeah, you look a lot like Danny DeVito. <laughs> Folks, we're the Devil's Advocates E. Petty Wednesday Hump Day Edition. <laughs> yeah. Could be some short jokes. Never can tell. <laughs> Maybe some fat jokes. We'll see. We'll see. Better not be. <laughs> Come back with us because, you know, I'd hate to double dip you, both short and fat. <laughs> don't, four, don't talk angry. Don't talk angry. 844-967-2789. As long as you don't talk, I don't get angry. <laughs> Break. Thank you for listening to the Devil's Advocates Radio Show. Love it when you join us on the lines at 844-967-2789. Mas tequila, some of a theme song for you, Salvia. It's a, it's a lifestyle. It truly is. <laughs> uh, appreciate you listening. And, you know, since we're talking tequila, Dom, I would like to point out, I am returning to Las Vegas next week. It's coming up very quickly. I will be in Vegas next Tuesday. That will be the night of the primary event. Nikki Haley apparently in the primary. I've requested the candidate post-primary. I've reached out to her campaign. You know, either her, the governor, or a surrogate. I would expect Governor Haley. I mean, why not? Greatest radio show ever. How could you possibly say no? I'm not sure that anybody else is asking. (laughs) Depends on how Nevada goes on Tuesday night. And then next Thursday will be the Nevada caucus. Apparently Trump's in the caucus. So... I'll be there for that. And somewhere in between, we've been to Vegas a couple times. Now, in fact, our first presidential debate. And, you know, it wasn't the For the Love of Democracy Tour 2024 brought to us by Chad's Design Build. Thank you, Chad. That's what's happening now. But, Tom, back in 2016, we were just some fresh face cub reporters. Yeah, man. That was our first presidential-level event. We were there for a Democratic presidential event, a CNN event. We're doing live radio till six o'clock. Us and like Swedish public radio and <laughs> not, not, not a lot of live radio going on. There was on. not a lot of live no. radio, and then we could hear it through the wall. We heard At the wind in the shadow of the Trump Trump Hotel Casino. I thought that that was a very bad optic for the <laughs> Democrats to pick a location at the wind, who's also a Republican, <laughs> I might add, uh, in the shadow, literally of the gold gilded. No, dude, if you Trump were Tower if you in were Vegas. in charge of CNN, we'd have been staying at Circus Circus. And also, we couldn't get. <laughs> <laughs> we did stay at the circus circus. It, it was, <laughs> it was terrible. It, it, it was smelled fine. like an ashtray. <laughs> I don't recommend it, <laughs> even for the budget conscious. You're not going to sleep very well. We didn't sleep a lot that trip. No, Tom. well, it is Las Vegas. But here's the good news: I did ply you with forty-three dollar rounds, just two of us at the bar at the win, and we were on like our fourth round. 
And someone said, spin room's open. What's a spin room? <laughs> and we held up our little credentials and said, can we go in? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. I said, wow. <laughs> wow. And Dom, um, your tongue was already starting to get a little fat. <laughs> yeah. And uh, at some point during the course of the evening, you bumped into Hillary Clinton's surrogate, John Podesta. Sort of a famous guy, right? Wasn't he part of the whole wiki yes, leaks got, and all hacked. that stuff? Yeah, yeah. But that was before those halcyon days of the wiki leaks. That happened at the DNC convention. We had Kenneth Vogel that day. Yeah. Like the day he got in trouble for, anyways. We're at the win. Dom's four drinks in. He's got a brandy sifter full of tequila. And he's walked up to the press gaggle with John Podesta. John Podesta in the news today. Yeah, short guy. Uh, John Podesta in the news today. Short guy. Look at you. <laughs> I know. He was like literally my head. He's a little skinny guy. Uh, New York Times reporting that Joe Biden, the president, picks John Podesta to be his new global climate representative. John. That's great. Make He's the big. new John Kerry. <laughs> yes, he is. But that night, at the win, in the spin room, they're surrogating on behalf of Hillary Clinton. Yep. You, tequila sifter in hand. And I noted, Dom, we were the only fine press members at the bar. Because we were done with our show. We thought we were done for the evening. We were done but, working, yeah. You know, spin room opportunity. How could we not take it? Bernie was there. No Hillary in the room, but there was that Jim Webb guy. Who? I heard he killed a man. <laughs> he was in and out quick. It was very quick. <laughs> George O'Malley, uh, Governor O'Malley from uh, Maryland, I believe, and John Podesta on behalf of the Hillary campaign. And you ambled up to Podesta and turned your sifter at tequila and started asking him about Hillary's marijuana policies. Well, because remember, this was CNN, right? And they had the, the booths outside, uh, and you could walk in and ask any question, you know, with the, with the recording and submit it. And I forgot was, about yeah, that. Yeah, and that was that was the question out there that I posed. And now I had an opportunity to ask John Podesta, a surrogate for Hillary Clinton, uh, about her legal marijuana policy. And I So mean, you repeated your photo booth <laughs> experience. You yes. put the quarter in first. Yes. And got, then, got and then, it out, got it out, you know, practiced a minute, and then had a couple of drinks and asked John. Let's more play, than a couple. <laughs> let's play my question to John Podesta back in the day. John, a lot of talk about justice system reform. Secretary Clinton has said she does not support the legalization of recreational marijuana. <laughs> Maybe a little. Bernie Sanders has said he does. What does Secretary Clinton need to have happen before she I would think, support that? I think she's what she said is that she supports medical marijuana. She wants to see the state efforts that to play out. People will have that opportunity to decide that in Nevada uh, to see the what those uh, you know they've been in place now just a little over a year, I guess maybe maybe a year uh, to see what the effect is, and then she'll she'll render a judgment. But right now she wants to. Let the states uh, experiment with this, uh, and uh, in the meantime, uh, try uh, to move more uh, broadly and nationally to, to legalize medical marijuana. Legalize medical marijuana. But here's the point. It's not to criticize Hillary. This policy, A, she's not the nominee. That's Joe Biden. B, this was eight years ago. A lot of advancement on the topic of legalized marijuana yeah, everywhere. It was still a crappy answer back then. We should never have been illegal. It's always the wrong answer, but please continue. Well, here in the state of Wisconsin, it still is. <laughs> By good fortune, Dom, I don't know if you know this, but I'm going to legal marijuana in Nevada next week, going to Planet 13. You've been there before. That, that's a huge shop, man. Biggest dispensary in the world. <laughs> that's fantastic. I'll drop a few shekels there, I suspect, and I'll enjoy my time in Vegas. And you can consume as long as you're discreet because it is a legal marijuana state, Tom. But I would like to point out for those, and I'm going to have to 
describe this because you can't see me. But again, Dom with the brandy sifter full of clear liquid that happened to be Blanco tequila, Mas tequila. You still had a lot, you know, because I was getting doubles. <laughs> 43 bucks. We were both drinking doubles. Yeah, they were, they were pouring them strong. And for that kind of price, they should Strong. Be. <laughs> it was straight tequila, man. How much stronger can you pour? What, you looking for Everclear in a glass? Volume. It's all about the volume. But for those that can only hear the sound of John Podesta, and I can tell you, I was there to witness up close and personal John Podesta, this interaction between Dom and Podesta. And before Podesta answered, there was just a momentary pause there in the tape. I don't know if you noted, but Podesta cocked his head at sifter level <laughs> to look at this guy that's and, and you're circling it in the glass. You're you're like making sure it breathes. So you can, I mean, I can smell your tequila uh, I, breath I, from I am, the memory. I down. Am, it's like a wine kind of sewer. I'm a, I'm a kind of a sewer. Kind of a sewer. <laughs> well, Podesta did answer your question, but I'm sure he's wondering. To this day, who the hell let that guy in? <laughs> yeah, right? I'm still wondering who the hell let us in. Who credentialed us? <laughs> who let us in the spin room? I'm not clear, but I hope the Haley campaign has some sort of a public-facing event for me to go crash next week. Still in the story earlier today, I called into a fine radio show. Talked about the time we crashed Scott Walker's party. <laughs> yes. Tuskers on the river. Remember that time? Yes. Drink Scott Walker's we, we drank beer. Scott Walker's beer. Yeah, he was crying in his, I think. It was a little diluted. 2016 at the RNC. We got some stories. Got to tell the grandkids something. Oh, man. It's, it's been a while, man. We've been on the road a long time. Yeah. Road hard, put away <laughs> wet. And lots of tequila for you. That stuff. I can smell your breath just from last night. Right now. I just imagine that tequila. I think I can see the waves coming out. So, anyways, little John Podesta story. Trying to bring it personal. <laughs> Come back with us. We'll get to the phones. 844-967-2789. And also a Wall Street Journal op-ed. Calling Tony Evers a radical? What? Hardly. More devils. The Devil's Advocates, political commentary from the back of the class. I want to tell you a story about the house when blue. Welcome back to the Devil's Advocates radio show. A lot of songs about your life, Tom. <laughs> yeah. A lot, a lot of songs. It's pretty fun. They all involve partying. <laughs> it's weird how that happens. It is a political party up in here, and we appreciate when you join the party. 844-967-2789. A Patient Jack from the mirror back. Welcome back. What do you got? Hey, Jack. Hey, um, a couple of things. First of all, um, the Republicans want a, a, a middle class tax cut. Here's a good way to get it. Um, they already gave uh, unlimited, basically, because I don't think there are any limits on it, uh, $3,000 per student welfare uh, payment. Uh, to uh, private schools, they should do the same thing out of the the uh, um, uh, surplus to public schools, and instead of, uh, in their generosity, allowing school districts to uh, float referenda so that they can actually pay their teachers. Um, that would be a sure way to cut property taxes, because there are dozens, if not um, over 100 at this point, school districts that have already had to float a referenda to do that. Yeah. 
Yeah, a lot of the, a lot of school districts facing fiscal cliffs. My understanding, Jack, recent reporting I saw, and you know, I knew a school administrator, and he went up to the Capitol and he met with then uh, legislative leader Scott Fitzgerald and Robin Voss, and Fitzgerald was very proud to tell them, "We've done this on purpose. We continue to underfund education." Because you can always raise your own taxes through referendum, but he is, uh, they, as a strategy, enjoyed forcing these local communities to raise their own taxes, Jack, because you could never blame them. Yeah, that's that's, uh, not surprising because it's been decades that the Republican Party has systematically to undercut education in Wisconsin. I mean, look at the the number of UW system schools that yeah. are closing, and they're 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 uh, people that are going to these schools. There might be a few less than what they uh, you know have been in the past. Um, part of that probably is the fact that tuitions keep going up and up and up, and another part of it is uh, just uh, a fluctuation probably in the student population. But that's that's another issue. They're, they're not only underfunding um, public K through 12 schools, but the entire UW university system. And, and by the way, this DEI 36 million cut, that's just, you know, the DEI is a bunch of bunk. They know exactly what their purpose is, and their purpose is to undercut um, the UW system schools as much as they can. Jack, you make an excellent point. Robin Voss, of course, gave $72 million for a building at UW-Whitewater, which was his alma mater, that wasn't even yet on the list, had made the priority list. But what, held hostage, the engineering school that would turn out a 1,000 new engineers at UW each year, held (laughs) hostage 35,000 UW system employees? And, of course, the net result, we've seen people fired at Oshkosh. We've seen the closure of Marinette, UW-Green Bay Marinette, UW-Richland Center, which somehow got associated with Platteville. And Platteville stopped and and basically blocked UW-Richland Center from helping themselves, doing recruitment efforts. I mean, that's what you do. You don't have enough students. You go out and recruit. Oh, no, we want those students going to Platteville because you're a sub-chapter of us now. Well, what do you know? One survived and it oh, wasn't. Man. Listen, the, the extension at Richland Center. You're too critical, Crudy. What you're totally avoiding, and and Jack touched on it. Well, of course they're fine giving the money to those voucher schools, right? To 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 religious indoctrination. We're funding students to go to religious schools that where they're taught that the Earth is six thousand years old. Right? And that's okay. They're totally down with funding that, expanding that. Let's do more of that. But traditional public schools, oh no, that's a big problem. You got to raise your own taxes. 844 967 2789. Mike from Spring Green. Welcome, Mike. What do you got? Hi, Mike. Hey, um, I, I, I'm just here to help. I love the show and I'm just here to help. So I'm not criticizing. But <laughs> Sounds like criticism, run, Mike. Where, where's the butt? <laughs> but let, let us have it. I, just, I said butt, but you interrupted me. Anyway, <laughs> um, I've been a writer for 30 years, and as a result, I'm a proofreader uh, and proof listener, and it's driving me crazy here. And while you might sift your marijuana, your medical marijuana, you drink your brandy from a snifter, 
not a sifter. You don't sift your brandy. Well, it was tequila specifically. Really... So what do you call the glass oh, you put okay, the tequila well, in? A glass. Oh. Fancy. I'm sorry. I, yeah, I'm sorry. My wife, <laughs> it's a my, snifter? Tell me I'm a nerd. It is a snifter, snifter with an snifter. N, yes. Would you say uh, sifter? Yeah, like, I'm so- is that because you well, yeah, literally can stick your nose in it like Dom was doing and John Podesta tried to do? Snifter. That's very possible, but with flour, you sift it, you know, but I'm yeah. sorry. I'm really, that makes, <laughs> it makes me a nerd. I, I, I realize No, that. man, we, we appreciate but, it, Mike. You know, it's, it's occasionally uh, happens once in a while. Curtis says something wrong. That doesn't make you a nerd. It <laughs> makes you a band caller. <laughs> Teasing, Mike. You can call back. <laughs> I occasionally make up my own words. Yeah, I mean, sometimes. Yeah, but how, words get made up all the time, man. By me. <laughs> I, I, I dubbed the sifter. That's what it sounded like when you said it full of <laughs> fat tequila tongue in, in Vegas. Curry, another sifter. <laughs> Come on, man. Uh, I mean, a sifter. I mean, that's, that's, how, that's a flower. You're not much of a baker, though, are you? A baker? No. I cook, unlike yourself. <laughs> I do cook more than you. I drink less than you, probably. Everybody cooks more than me. And drinks less than you. <laughs> I'm pretty sure on this man. That might be I've true. done the over-under with you. <laughs> yeah. 844-967-2789. Uh, op-ed. I mentioned it. Governor Tony Evers. Uh, I would say the right wing, at least their media sources, they're trying to label Tony a radical on abortion. And as Paul Fall, uh, Fadlin says, Governor Tony Evers is a radical on abortion, question mark? Please. Please. Uh, I'll read a little of his column. Wall Street Journal's news stories have always played it pretty straight, but the editorial pages have devolved during the Donald Trump years. A lot of things have. Its opinions have moved from supporting traditional Republican doctrines, you know, like trickle-down economics. <laughs> Does that work? Does it work? Does Anyone? It? No. Bueller? Uh, and minimal social service spending to something approaching full-throated MAGA, presumably to remain relevant for a more extreme and anti-democratic party. To wit, the online version of an editorial last week pictured Governor Tony Evers, Wisconsin's Democratic governor, in all of his bespeckled earnestness. His words, not mine, Tony. The accompanying headline was... Who's radical on abortion now? Question mark. The journal was carrying water for Republicans who run the Wisconsin legislature, uh, legislature and whose leaders are desperate to st- uh, stink electoral. Ble- uh, what? Stanch. S-T-A-N-C-H. I need a vocabulary lesson. Where's Mike from Spring Green? Right. Desperate to stanch electoral bleeding that began when Roe v. Wade was overturned in 22 putting abortion access in jeopardy in Wisconsin and many other states. Weren't you a medic in the Army, man? I never stanched anything. Yeah, man, that's what you do. That's what it's called. Stop or reflect the flow of blood from a wound. That's stanching? (laughs) No, it's snifting. (laughs) We always just put pressure on. Lots of pressure. And morphine. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. (laughs) guy like you, I'd have filled you so full of morphine, you'd have... Never had to worry about going back to work again, Dom. Thanks, Gertie. Why don't you read? Uh, all right. Uh, Paul Fanley, Cap Times. Uh, they recognize that 
Post-Roe outrage among women and younger voters helped Evers comfortably win re-election later that year, and State Supreme Court Je- Justice Jenna Prose was to gain a landslide victory in 2013. To fight back, State Assembly Republicans recently passed a bill that would permit abortion after 14 weeks of pregnancy if voters approve the measure in a statewide referendum. Now, I'm sorry, would prohibit abortion after 14 weeks if they approved a statewide referendum. Evers instantly said he would veto the bill if it passes the state Senate. Democrats want to keep exploiting the issue rather than reach a political and social consensus, said the journal's pearl-clutching editorial. The legality of abortion in Wisconsin is currently mired in litigation. A Dane County judge ruled last year that a ban on feticide enacted in 1849 does not actually prohibit modern-day abortions, and there is almost zero chance the now-liberal-leaning state Supreme Court will overturn that ruling. State Rep. Lisa Subek, a Democrat from Madison, summed up the reproductive choice position on the 14-week bill during the assembly debate. Politicians have no place in making deeply personal decisions for women in Wisconsin, she said, as quoted in the Cap Times. Quote, I don't want to see anyone, anybody on that side of the aisle or this side of the aisle, for that matter, in my physician's office when I'm making reproductive health care decisions, Subic said. I don't want my neighbors making those decisions for me. I don't want people across the state making those decisions for me. Hell yes, Subic. The same article quoted Scott Allen. Now, this one got me, Crudy, a Republican representative from Waukesha. Here's what Mr. Allen had to say. It's not about who makes the decisions. It's about what is right and what is wrong. It's not your body. It's a body within your body, unquote. I'm sure that's going to go over well. Pause on that, Fanlin says. Let's, Can, let's yeah. pause on that just for a moment. Let me reread it. Please. Scott Allen, a Republican from Waukesha, Wisconsin. Didn't Big Ugly work for him for a while? I believe so. Yeah. It's not about who makes the decisions. It's about what is right and what is wrong. It's not your body. It's a body within your body. One hopes that women and men, too, who cherish reproductive freedoms are listening. This is the essence of what Republicans, especially Republican men, really think. It's not your body. Republican effort to pass the bill and seek a referendum is connected to conservatives losing control of the state Supreme Court after more than 15 years of far-right ownership. Many Republicans, perhaps most, would prefer an outright 1849 ban, at least in the way that they interpret the law. Current bill sponsor Rep. Amanda Naduski from Pleasant Prairie, Amanda, told reporters sure before it's the assembly sifter? it was a sad reality that the outright abortion ban was not possible. A sad reality, Amanda. Republicans only support public input now because the high court can't be trusted, quote-unquote, to handle the issue. The current majority on the state's highest court have already usurped the constitutional authority of the people, duly elected representative in other cases, she said. Pause on that as well. The laugh-out-loud hypocrisy is how the former high court, the one controlled by conservatives, condoned the most extreme gerrymandering of political maps anywhere in the United States. But it is this court, the one that became center-left in a landslide election last year, that cannot be trusted. The GOP legislature's abortion gambit is as cynical as most everything else it does. Democrat Subek said in an interview with me, again, Paul Fanlin at the Cap Times, that the irony on abortion is that while Republicans are trying to mitigate electoral damage caused by their anti-abortion zealotry, those efforts are also causing a divide among Republicans. 
She said legislative records reveal that it was Assembly Speaker Robin Voss who initiated the abortion bill, and now leaders, and now leaders, including Voss, face significant blowback from anti-abortion absolutists. Absolutist security. Subic noted that only 53 of 64 Republicans supported the bill in the Assembly, and the no votes were cast by the abortion extremists. Subic said Voss and Republican leaders are playing what she called a weird political game by trying to appear moderate. Those are stupid games people play, she added. The resulting divisions are becoming visible. Wisconsin abortion bill hearing highlights divides among uh, highlights divides among the procedure's opponents, whereas the headline from a courthouse news survey service story describing the hearing before the assembly vote. Most of the testimony against the bill, the story said, came from anti-abortion groups and individuals. A quote. Representatives of the Heal Without Harm Coalition, a group comprised of the Wisconsin Catholic Conference and anti-abortion groups, Pro-Life Wisconsin, Wisconsin Family Action, Wisconsin Right to Life, joined with several anti-abortion individuals to sharply criticize Republican legislators for contemplating an alternative to a total abortion ban. The killing of a healthy child in her mother's womb is illegal in Wisconsin, said Jack Hugendike, a dick. Uh, legislative and der- policy director at the Wisconsin Family Action and former Republican legislator in Michigan. Please don't water down one of the best laws in the United States protecting the unborn, he said, referring to the 1849 ban. The article said opponents of the bill in summary defeatist, immoral, and a politically unsound. Subic said Republican leaders appear to be recognizing that consistently trying to appease an extremist base makes it difficult to win general elections. Abortion access is mainstream health care, and the governor is solidly in that mainstream, she added. Yes, one side in Wisconsin politics is indeed radical. It's not the one led by Tony Evers. Paul Fanlon at the Cap Times, rip it on the Wall Street Journal editorials. You know, I had something to say about Amanda Stanch. Amanda Newdick stanching <laughs> your wound from a snifter. <laughs> I would have gotten away with it, too, if it wasn't for those meddling devil's advocates. And thank you for listening to the Devil's Advocates radio show. Love it when you participate at 844-967-2789. Dominic, there's a story about Wisconsin's third CD representative. Oh, great. You're drinking, buddy. Derek Van Orden. <laughs> Again, this guy? I suspect he also a fan of the <laughs> Mas Tequila. Oh, man, I think he likes everything. A Republican mocked for sharing nonsensical post in Elizabeth Warren attack. <laughs> you know, I, anytime I see like, a headline like that, first thing goes in my mind these days, Derek, Derek Van, Van Orden. Orden. Yeah, a Republican <laughs> congressman is being ridiculed online after he used a sham website <laughs> in an attempt to shame Senator Elizabeth Warren. Rep. Derek Van Orden, Republican from Wisconsin, you know, if you live in the third, he's yours. Congratulations. Uh, Wednesday, responded to Warren's message, tax the rich, by sharing a website that listed her net worth at $75 million, Dom, and her height as United States Senator. Now, how tall is that? I mean, we stood next to uh, Elizabeth Warren in Florida. Remember? Yes. Uh, Homestead. Uh, Homestead, Florida. Well, then she got in a little stair stool. She was too. always taller than you. <laughs> no, she's about my height, too. Maybe. Maybe. Okay, Derek Van Orden declared, you versed, you know, because he's accusing her of being rich. $75 million he found on some fake website. And apparently the height of a United States senator. <laughs> well, which is appropriate because, of course, she is a United States senator. It's not clear who was the first to tell Van Orden that a website that lists... 
Warren Titus, United States Senator, might not have its facts straight. Ah, facts, schmacks. It's all about impressions and, and you know feelings. Those eager to make the correction were CNN investigative reporter Andy Kaczynski, Vanity Fair's Brian Steltler, uh, Stetler, and MSNBC commentator Keith Olbermann. He's not with them anymore. Dumb. Her height is listed as U.S. Senator Olbermann said. You added addled fascist moron. <laughs> That's only listed height, though, said Ben Jacobs. Her actual height... Could be closer to a United States representative. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. Others were quick to point out the slight math problem with Warren's listed salary in the post of 400000 and an annual salary of $6 million. Well, how does that work? Even if you make four hundred grand a month, you don't make $6 million per year, <laughs> noted Elijah Watson. So your source, I don't think, is the most trusted I've seen. <laughs> is he talking about Van Norden or Van Norden's original source? I mean, they're kind of one and the same. Uh, a better source for Warren's worth might have been her tax returns, which the Massachusetts senator publishes annually. In 2022, Dom, Warren and her husband, Bruce, listed an annual income of $1.1 million. I have looked it up, Dom. Apparently, apparently, her net worth around $12 million. And... Yeah, but what site was that on? I thought it was the New York Times, but, <laughs> you know, you never can tell. It could have been on one of those height I did, U.S. senator sites. <laughs> I did see that number also confirmed on uh, finance.yahoo.com. $12 million. How much do you think Derek Van Orden's worth? Because, you know, pop, you know, and they say there's no bad publicity. Yeah, there is. But I would think this, for you, Derek Van Orden, this attack on Elizabeth Warren for being rich, well, this has got to be priceless for your campaign. I mean, but it doesn't go What's to, his height? Doesn't it go to show you the character of a guy like Derek Van Orden, who's just so eager to troll, you know, find something that you know, he thinks is going to make him go viral. Uh, this is, he is truly representative of the mega community right now. I mean, look at, look at all the, all the QAnon stuff, all this, you know, vaccines and micro chips and all, whatever, man. Are you, are you kidding me? I mean, really, are you kidding me? And number one, $12 million as a net worth is still a lot of money. And yeah, uh, if, if Elizabeth Warren and many folks in Senate are rich, if they're advocating for higher taxes, you know what? They would also pay those higher taxes. So I'm not even sure. Even the argument he's making is asinine yes, at best. At best. At best. You first. Okay. I bet she does pay her taxes, hence the publishing of her <laughs> annualized taxes. That's the process by which one pays one's taxes. Contrast that with Donald Trump. Oh, well, only the suckers pay taxes. But, but again, it's hard to understand uh, uh, the credibility. He, he has no credibility. When you do things like this, you lose credibility. Whatever cred credibility you may have, it, it continues to go down when you continue to be like Derek Van Orden. You know, the judgment matters in these situations, right? You're representing, what, 700,000 people, something like that? This is the guy, Wisconsin's 3rd District? This is the guy whose judgment you trust? This is the guy you want representing you? Oh, man, get him out of there. It's embarrassing. Should we 
scrutinize the reported net worth of Derek Van Orden? Well, I mean, if, if you have it in front of you, let's, According let's to talk the about it. Badger Project, a nonpartisan, nonprofit investigative journalism in Wisconsin, the reported, and they put parentheses, net worth of U.S. Rep. Derek Van Orden, Republican from Western Wisconsin, former Navy SEAL Van Orden first joined the U.S. House in 22, nearly defeating his Democratic challenger, Brad Paff, right, uh, in a Western Wisconsin swing district. Van Orden sits on committees overseeing agriculture, transportation, and infrastructure and veterans affairs. And Van Orden reports no income on this report. Maybe that's where his, you know, big problem with other people that actually have jobs. Reports no income on this report. The congressman and his wife live on his military pension after more than 20 years of service and on payments for his 100% disability rating from the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. So he's basically living on the government dole, right? Oh, oh, I'm not saying he didn't earn it. Oh, okay. Okay. Benefits oh. from federal retirement programs and disability payments from the federal government need not be reported according to rules of the U.S. House Ethics Committee. So he doesn't have to make financial reports, apparently, Dom. And that's it. That's the entirety of the reported net worth. He reports no income. I uh, found this one on, at investortimes.com, and I have not verified the site. Uh, they say his estimated net worth is approximately $1.5 million. Yeah, but what's his height? Well, I mean, obviously, he's he's a U.S. He's a US congressman. That's how tall he is. Yes. Yeah, and, and the weight? The weight? Mm, I mean, it's hard to tell, but I think it's insurrectionist. That's how much he weighs. He's probably carrying some extra beer weight a little puffy this winter Derek Van Orden he's kind of short as well you you as a shorter person yeah who drinks a lot you hey, guys wait. have some things in common uh you got a master of science degree in education from the University of Wisconsin lacrosse when was he in lacrosse I don't know that's what it says the best of time I would have seen him in the bars for <laughs> sure don't believe everything you read folks but believe the devil's advocates come back with us 844-967-2789 the happier happy hour is next always sourced from a tequila bottle <laughs> I drink and I know things